Welcome to Happy Vibes, a podcast that will make you smile. We chat weekly over wines to amazing women who inspire, create, empower, and enrich. Come along with us and enjoy the happy vibes. Hey everyone, we're back again for another episode of Happy Vibes. I'm Julia and I'm here with one of the beautiful business partners of Happy Collective. Anthea! (laughs) Hi everyone, Anthea here. Thanks Jules. (laughs) Hey Anthea, and look, we're missing our beautiful um, third kind of contributor to the Happy Vibes pod, Emma. She's busy managing a whole bunch of builders boss lady style um so go in hope it goes well <laughs> meanwhile we are Getting going it to done. talk about international women's day this episode of happy vibes is proudly brought to you by happy collective an online women's wellness destination to meet all your needs shop with us now at happycollective.com.au we are a collective of um our business is founded on the premise of uh, bringing a collective collective of women together to um empower enrich and inspire and i just think this is an awesome week for us to reflect on some of the women who've inspired us some of the glass ceilings we've had to break or haven't had to break And um, I might take this kind of moment to talk about um, a discussion that Happy Collective launched earlier this week around actually closing the pleasure gender gap. We were all alarmed to read some recent research that um, Smile Makers, um, the female pleasure device that we distribute and sell, actually commissioned at the end of 2020 last year in Australia. They surveyed over 1,000 women. And what I found completely alarming is less than 50% of women actually value their sexual wellness um, as important. And in addition to that, no, that was actually one third, one third, only one third of women actually think their kind of sexual well-being is important. And less than half of women are actually satisfied with their sex life. So you combine those statistics together, even if you um, do value it, most women out there don't at all. And you compare that to men who actually um, hold a very high regard on their own um, kind of sexual wellness and well-being. I think there is a gap to close. Sexual pleasure. Yeah, Yeah, all about pleasure. And I, I don't know, Jules, I think a lot of that might stem from, you know, and we've discussed this before as well, but the fact that men are so open about talking about their own sexual pleasure um, and women have been conditioned a little to keep it under wraps and not really talk about it. And I think as part of that, um, you know, conversations that we've had at Happy Collective with our sexologist, Elisa Caro as well, is that... Um, as you said, Anth, we've been conditioned to think about kind of sex from a very young age as in kind of a couple of buckets, like, you know, how do we protect ourselves as women and how do we have safe sex and how do we not get pregnant? Um, and that's if yes. we didn't have any sex education at all. Um, you know, various schools um, teach sex education in different ways, different families kind of have these discussions about sex at different ages and if at all, but it's pretty rare, I think, even in today's society yes. that sex is taught to women in particular as something that should, you know, deliver you pleasure. And be enjoyed. Um, Absolutely. I know really. I can talk from a personal experience. So Emma and I both went to an all girls school mm-hmm. um, and we were certainly told all about how to avoid men um, all together, let alone, you know, <laughs> have any enjoyment from them, but was certainly, it was never, ever, ever discussed about the fact that, um, you know, how to get pregnant 
or how to uh, enjoy your own sexual pleasure. Um, so I, I would love to be able to bridge that that gender gap, absolutely. Um, and, and certainly for my daughter and for your daughters and Em's got a daughter, you know, I want to be able to educate her to let her know that, you know, to be able to um, look after yourself and enjoy your own sexual pleasure is really mm. important. And it's not something to um, hide away from or shy away from. Yeah, absolutely. And there were some really great insights in this research that just, I think, hit the nail on the head. And um, you can read more about it on our website. But in essence, kind of um, having kind of sexual confidence, sexual wellness, which comes from a place of finding, um, you know, sex pleasurable, has this ripple effect across your whole your whole life and whether that be confidence in the workplace confidence at home confidence actually with your partner and i think this actually talks to some of the fundamental issues that international women's day is all about it's about closing gender gap and whether that's at home or in the workplace it's about finding that parity how do we kind of achieve um equality in life with um, with men. And it isn't just about kind of careers and having equal number of women on boards, super important, but it's actually a holistic view on how women need to strive towards their kind of total capabilities, total wellness. And a critical part of that is sexual wellbeing and achieving and wanting um, and enjoying sex and getting pleasure from that. So look, while, yeah. while, we're talk, while we're talking about all that, Ant, um, you know, we've had really different experiences, yourself and me, um, from a career perspective, from a family perspective. So I'd love to hear from you, like um, reflecting, I guess, on your, your life, whether it be at home or in business, what are some of those moments that you can remember and tap into that have shaped you as a woman or that you reflect on and, you know, perhaps feel like there's, um, you know, there was a moment there when, you know, perhaps there was a gender imbalance that you've tried to work hard to um, correct. I think, um, I mean, I've been surrounded by women um, predominantly all my life. I I went to an all-girls school. I have been in a a very female-dominated industry, the beauty industry. Um, but my, one of my first major uh, jobs um, as a, in my early 20s was working for a female dermatologist. And when she had her class photo up on the wall from the 50s um, of her graduate dermatology class, and there was her and one other female in the class, and they were all men. And she said even back then it was really, really hard for females to um, be in a specialty um, arena, you know, to, to study in a, a specialty. Um, and I found that so empowering and it really, um, gave me a lot of confidence to know, you know, she gave me the confidence that women are able to do anything they want. I also had great role with my mother who worked full time, um, and, you know, gave led a great example of, of women being able to run a family and work. Um, and I don't feel like I missed out on anything as a child. Like she, in fact, you know, led by a great example. So I, I feel very blessed in the female roles that I've had around me. However, I can't really say that I've had any negative experiences because I've always been in that mainly female dominated area. Um, but you probably got the opposite with your yeah, like um, I, background. 
I, yeah, I do. And I, I think, I guess the similarity that I'll draw or the parallel is that I do feel like I've had a really nurtured upbringing, um, being surrounded by a number of really amazing women. Um, first and foremostly my mum, you know, she really highly kind of qualified and skilled nurse. One of the strongest memories I'll have is, you know, the way she used to kind of do night duty and then, but she'd be home for breakfast and then, you know, she'd wow. drop us at school, then have a sleep and then she'd be back at the office. Like, but she never missed a beat. She was always kind of dropping yeah. us here, there, everywhere, working around the clock, screaming at us to get out the door. There was a lot of before. Oh, I wonder where you get care. that from, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> the hustle. Um, and my dad worked a lot as yeah. well. But I think what I will kind of call out here, and it's probably something I'm experiencing in my life right now. I love to work. I'm, pretty much worked my whole life, um, as has my mum and my dad and my husband. But I must say in our family units, there was a very specific gender role that the household kind of played into. Um, certainly right. my memory, I don't have any memories of my dad doing a whole lot of domestic stuff around the house. Um, he did yeah. a lot of other amazing things and he was a great maths tutor. And, yeah. uh, but he was really busy and he wasn't, home during the hours that a lot of the domestic duties took place but somehow my mum managed yeah. to do a hell of a lot of it um wow I'm finding I'm in a similar role now too um and I've got you know no major complaints but yeah like the yeah the the, the yeah. mother the chauffeur the activity mm -hmm. the the cook and the the businesswoman <laughs> I, I'm finding I'm juggling a lot of those balls and my All husband does get to focus on his career a lot and his yes, business yes. without trying to fit all the other puzzle pieces in. So that's something that I grapple with. And I think this is a really good week to reflect on it. And yes. yeah, I've got plenty of girlfriends. I don't know if you do and where the role seems to be a little bit more balanced, but I feel like that's mm. the exception, not the rule. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I know a few people in your boat Jules, where, I guess a few of the, the men in their lives still feel like it's the female role to be the primary carer of children. Um, and, um, and yeah, I kind of think, but you both have those children. Like mm. why is one person's um, career more important than the others, you know, for them not to step back and take time off to do the running around with kids and things like that. So mm. I, I, I struggle watching that sometimes <laughs> with some of my friends and think, Oh, I wish they would step up a little bit more, you know, mm. and, and be more even on, on yeah. an even playing field. Um, so definitely I see it more, I guess, in the domestic role rather than the corporate role, yeah. because I haven't really worked with a lot of men in, in the workforce. So um, I, I guess I see it more in that, that household. And I guess on that note, like I have been, um, you know, my, my personal experience, um, for those of you who kind of don't know me well, I've typically worked in a really kind of corporate environment um, from a yeah. young age. My first kind of corporate role, well, I worked in a not-for-profit at a children's charity when I was uh, in my early 20s and post that went into kind of an agency lifestyle and then into quite large food and beverage companies, a beer company at one point and a, um, and a, a food and beverage company that owned kind of Cadbury and Vegemite. Now, I think this is due to my upbringing. This is me kind of, you know, wondering why I've never kind of felt the, 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 the gender pressure as such, but certainly moving through the corporate world, which I know many people find challenging as a female, certainly as you move into those executive roles. Yeah. Um, I never once 
sat back and thought of it as a male versus female. I always kind of lent into my career with everything that I could. Any role I always felt was open to me to apply for. And if I was the best candidate, I would get it. Um, I never really felt personally that I wasn't considered as an equal to any male in my workplace. Um, yeah. I worked in corporate That's affairs great. and communications, but so maybe typically perhaps more female orientated, but my teams were pretty 50-50 split. My bosses have typically always been male and um, they've been really in the most part, there's certainly some stories I could share with you that haven't been great. I've had adversity like everyone else has, but the majority of the experience I've, I've had with men in the corporate world have been really positive. Um, yeah. So, and nurturing, I guess. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we always say this and I think it's just, it's just the nature of our business and, and also mm. like what Happy Collective is all about, but we're not men haters and <laughs> you and I have both had beautiful um, father, fatherly roles in our lives. And, you know, we have great men are in our lives at present. Um, but, you know, it is sad to still see that, that gap that happens, whether it's sexually, it's um, in the workforce, it's in the family yeah. home. Uh, it does still exist. Um, yeah. And we are just about, yeah, hoping that women can feel like they're, isn't that that they don't have to put up with that, that they can actually, um, you know, create their own pleasure and identity, I guess. Absolutely. And I think it'd probably be remiss of us and um, given this podcast is dropping, um, you know, during the week of international women's week, and there's a lot going on in the media at the moment around um, women in the workplace, uh, around yeah. men's behaviour in the workplace. Um, it's controversial. There are different opinions yeah. about how everything's being managed. Um, and I think I just want to—I just want to call it out and have just a, a, a discussion. And this, by no my opinion, by no means reflects the opinion of our business. Um, and it's just you know to throw out there. But certainly if you look at kind of what's happening politically at the moment in both the Liberal and Labor Party, we're talking about a kind of highly pressurised work environment where a number of women have kind of voiced some very serious concerns and made some allegations around their treatment by men in their office. Mm. And I guess it, 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 it does sadden me because... Um, you know, like it saddens everyone because I feel like this is a, a bit of a Watergate scenario. It's a tipping point, like where there's one, there's another, there's another. Every day there seems to be some other woman coming forward about her treatment in mm. um, the, the the political the, the political, political arena place, the political arena. Yeah. And I don't want to call that. I'm sure there are plenty of other workplaces that have similar issues. But yeah, what can we do? Like we've had stand up, we've had me too. Like there's so much attention on this issue yet. Wow, in Australia, we're about to kind of experience what I think is something quite fundamental for women moving forward in the workplace. But how has this not already happened? How has it not already happened? And how do these women still feel mm. like they can't speak up about it? Um, that they, they feel that their career will be jeopardised if they um, come forward and say what isn't right. So mm. it, it does. It blows my mind mm. that this happened allegedly in 2019 and here we are in 2021 and it's just coming out now. Mm. I, I, I can't imagine the, the heartache and the stress that these women must be under to be yeah. suppressing this kind of information and all because they want to keep their career and all because they're too frightened 
to stand up for themselves. And I so, think it's that yeah. agile tale as well because alcohol was consumed. There's a bit of self-doubt and there's blame um, the women are placing on themselves. Um, um, you know, the attention isn't actually being put on the perpetrator. These women, for whatever reason, um, and no mistake of their own, are being made to feel like, you know, perhaps they put steps wrong, which kind of encourage this behaviour. I'm like, we, I just wish we were so much more beyond that. Um, and I guess on another note, like, the frustration that I'm feeling so much at the moment is these women are being so brave, yet yeah. the, the discussion regarding the alleged perpetrators, it's, you know, they're being, their identity is being concealed, which, you know, I know is a legal kind of constraint that we have to deal with in Australia and in some states. However, it feels grossly unbalanced and, yeah. you know, yeah, I don't mm. even know yeah. where to start with that, but... <laughs> I know. I just hope that, you know, moving forward and, and when this all mm. gets um, sorted, um, that, yeah, women women do feel like that they can stand up and that they can talk about anything that is, is not right in the workplace um, or even in a home environment. I mean, we can touch on a whole nother subject there, but um, let's go back to, let's circle back to International Women's Day um, and the fact that we have so many beautiful women around us um, mm -hmm. and at Happy Collective um, that do empower us and that we are so, so fortunate to know and um, to be supported by. Yeah, I think we are in a really fortunate position and to have, a, to have launched a business actually over the last 12 months whose core kind of purpose is to... Um, yeah, promote a sense of well-being for women to supply products that um, promote well-being <laughs> and happiness to women. Yeah. And then I guess to also create a community that we're doing here on the Happy Vibes pod to bring women together to kind of bring each other up. Um, I feel really proud of what we've achieved, Anth, and I'm also yeah. hoping that with some of the discussion that we hopefully um, stimulate this week around... Um, the pleasure gap and encouraging women who are mothers and who are not mothers as well, but to really kind of promote yeah. um, a higher level of sex education that involves pleasure at a younger age, because what our, um, what the experts are saying is um, currently one in three Australian women are saying they haven't had appropriate sex education, let alone sex education being taught about pleasure. Now it might seem um, not as important as some of the issues Anthony and I were talking about before. However, with sex education, um, with appropriate sex education comes empowerment. And if you have an empowered woman who feels empowered about her own sexuality, that can go actually a long way to breaking this hideous cycle of women feeling disempowered in the workplace, disempowered at home in a domestic sense. So, um, yeah, here we are at Happy Collective. We're celebrating International Women's Day for the whole week and we hope you can kind of put some thought into who inspires you and what things you might want to change in your life and what we can all do collectively to, um, yeah, close, close the gender gap broadly. Absolutely. And I would like to leave it that I hope that whoever's listening to this actually goes away and does something that actually makes them happy this week, today, you know, tonight, anytime this week. Um, just keep it in the back of your head um, that if there's a, a moment where you're not feeling satisfied or you're not feeling um, completely, you know, in, in tune with yourself, 
go away and do something that makes you happy, whether it is sexually or it's just getting out and going for a walk on your own, catching up with a girlfriend for a coffee, which we can now do. Um, yeah, go and do that too, because, you know, we really want everyone to, um, I guess, feel a happy vibe. I love that. Well, I'm going to go do some Duolingo. Duolingo. Oh. I get a lot of kicks out of getting my free hearts. <laughs> what will you do to make yourself happy, Anne? I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go and do a session at the gym. Um, that certainly makes me happy and it gives me a bit more energy, which is definitely what I need these days. Awesome, guys. Well, you have a great week. That's us signing off for another episode of Happy Vibes and can't wait to chat to you again soon. Bye. Thanks, Jules. Bye. See you, Anne.